C-A-M-P-A-D-U-L-T-H-O-O-D Camp Adulthood Bridging the Millennial Divide One conversation at a time Interviewing guests Strangers and friends We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood Hello and welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm the Resident Youth, Maddie Yergi. And I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keats. Uh, Maddie, will you tell us about today's esteemed guest, please? Very esteemed. <laughs> so Kristen doesn't know this, but on the website we have for the podcast, we have bios mm-hmm. and the library is in my bio as being my favorite bar in New York. That makes me really happy. And so, anyways, Kristen is here with us. She is a bartender at my favorite bar, the library. And I started going there pretty much as soon as I moved to New York, like, six years ago. Yeah, it's been about that. And it's crazy. And so we've kind of developed this friendship from Kristen. I would say we're friends. I consider you a friend. Yeah, definitely. You have my phone number. And, yeah. Um, but we met with... Um, Jenny, who, producer Jenny, helped us start this podcast. I know, she's coming back, by the way, in two weeks. I know. It's very exciting. Um, And she first discovered the library, and she brought me there, and it's just always been such a great place for so many reasons we can get into later. I would like to know what you like about our bar. I know what I like about it, but I think... (laughs) From the customer perspective. Shay has also been to the library. You have? Yes. Sadly, only one time, though. Did I get you drunk, or was it someone else? I think it was someone else. I think it was Meredith. For some reason, no, I did not get drunk that night because we were there with another friend, and she was very drunk. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I kind of had to usher her out the door. I had to mom a little bit, so. It was a little crazy. Um, And it was also when the AC was broken. Oh, When she came. Yeah. It was very hot. It was we very have a sweaty. new air conditioner and heating unit, by the way. It's That's great. New. I love very that. Um, and so I just kind of started going there. I first started going there on Thursdays for ladies' night, which I don't think you guys do anymore in the, the same old capacity. manager was really into that because... That's how he would meet ladies. So um, when I well, I was also into it. (laughs) Yeah, I stopped doing it, but I continued to keep doing it for my regulars, even though I just felt like kind of an unofficial thing. Like honestly, it was. I had to identify whether or not you were female or wanted to be female Mm -hmm. or all of that sexuality stuff. That I just was like, I just want to get people drunk. I don't want to have to make a determination on your how you identify yourself before I even served you a drink. Although it did bring a lot of business. It was crazy when we did that. Yeah. But you guys still have kind of a similar thing, like, for the happy hours. Well, we just have happy hour for everyone. Yeah. It's for everyone. So it's still there. Everyone is happy. And I buy people way more shots on Thursday nights now that I don't have the two-for-one thing because I can just, you know, pour booze down everyone's throat. I love it. Yes. Kristen is very – you've always been – super generous with me and my friends and for that I'm very grateful we love you yeah I feel that's one of the things not to get too deep into it yet but I know love the library just because and we've joked in podcast past that I didn't want to say what bar it was because I don't want people to go there because I like 
the density of people that's there. I feel like it's always full, but it's not... I mean, I've been there sometimes where it's, like, super crowded, but... It sometimes can be insane. For the most part, it's, like, compared to other bars in New York, it's, like, a manageable amount, and I've always met very cool, like, other people, and I feel like all the other bartenders, like, Meredith, Nicole, Stefania, are all, like, amazing, and I definitely look up to you guys, so... We're, like, sisters, so we fight yeah. and love the fuck out of each other. Yeah. It's Can great. I swear? Am I allowed to Oh, yes, that? of course. Uh, yes. We okay, have an good. explicit rating, so it's totally allowed. I yeah. have a major potty mouth, so excellent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bring it. Bring it. Yeah, and we should mention that Kristen... Would you say you manage the library and other bars? I am, What other bars are in the so umbrella? Because I don't even know. own Library Bar, Doc Holidays, and Milano's. My boss opened Library and Doc Holidays from scratch. He purchased Milano's from Tommy Milano years ago because he was going to close the bar down. And the business name behind the bar is Preserve Milano's to preserve the neighborhood, basically. Um and then we bought DBA in okay. somewhat of a similar situation. Um, both of the owners tragically died. And oh, God. the yeah ex-wife of one of the owners was trying to run the bar, but that's not what she wanted to do with her yeah. life. So she had to sell it, and it wasn't doing as well. So we bought it and kept the employees, and I was tasked with making it more profitable. I basically run all of the bars for the owner. And you also bartend. And yes, I bartend because I make more money bartending two nights a week than he pays me. Mm. <laughs> it's always fun. That's fun. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, bartenders, like, it's a, one of those addicting industries that can take people off of their goals and the path that they're planning on being on because they just get addicted it's such to the good money. money. Yeah. 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 That's very interesting. Well, why don't we, Maddie, why don't we just, since this is such a good conversation, let's just do the interview first and yeah, we'll do let's our flip segments it up. at the end. Sure. Let's switch it up. Uh, so I, Kristen, I want to hear a little bit about your journey and tell okay. us how you, you kind too. of came to this place. And also uh, for our listeners, just give us, um, you already said your name, but kind of where, how old you are and where you were born and grew up, et cetera, just to kind of like All place right. you in our spectrum. Okay, so my name is Kristen. I'm 38. I was born in 1980 in San Jose, California, which Silicon Valley. (laughs) Yeah. Um, My parents are divorced. They divorced when I was six. Um, I grew up there. Uh, My mom died when I was young, so shit was hard. I was into art. I kind of dropped out of high school, but I ended up graduating and uh, went to community college and then, you know, just, I decided to go to college for, I don't know, 15 years. Mm-hmm. I went to SVA. I have my undergrad degree there in photography and fine oh, cool. arts. Um, I went to FIT for metal smithing. Oh, I make jewelry. Very I cool. Yeah. I have fabricated jewelry for some jewelry lines. Um, I'm pretty creative. I paint. I do ceramics. I did a lot of ceramics in California before I came out here. So, yeah. That's... And how long have you been in New York? Uh, I moved here officially. Like, I'd been here for many summers prior, but mm-hmm. officially 2001. 2001. And have you been working at, like, how did you come to the library, which now you're such oh. a big part of? Yeah. Well, 
I started bartending in California illegally. I was underage. You're not allowed to serve liquor mm-hmm. in California until you're 21. Um, I was a cocktail waitress. Um, ended up working with some really fun off-the-boat Irish people that I almost married several of because mm. they needed citizenship, and I was like, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, you got a good but, accent. Yeah. Oh, oh, my Irish accent is terrible. Uh, oh, no. But uh, they let me bartend when I was young. And they gave me a lot of experience. I moved here. Uh, I was just going to focus on school. Needed money. You know, um, was playing pool at a bar. The manager said, hey, uh, our door guy, Eric, that you play pool with, said that you used to work at a bar. Do you want to work here? So I started working there. Um, Best interview ever. Yeah. And then I've never actually had to make a resume or do a job interview. Yeah. Um, and at the library, uh, I was there drinking at happy hour one day and there was a ton of people there and they were all talking to this bald guy and he kept saying, I'll be right with you. I'll be right with you. And I said, fuck off. What the fuck do you want to be right with me about? And he was like, oh, well, I'm the manager. Aren't you here for the open call? And I said, no, but I'm a bartender. Yeah. I just want to drink. Yeah. I just came to drink. And he was like, you're perfect. So, um, I (laughs) had to meet the, the owner with like. 10 other girls and they were all really hot and pretty and I felt really yeah I was gonna secure. say I feel like it, you guys all kind of have a certain aesthetic my boss you're all of a similar the owner age, doesn't like tattoos oh really that's interesting yeah and for everyone's benefit since this is an audio medium oh, yes. Kristen has a, a lot, lot of tattoos. very beautiful tattoos yes the sleeves are quite I want to ask many questions about them later I, but we, they we are so speak. beautiful thank you I like them. So, yeah. yeah. I don't even remember so, what. Why do I feel like the library is secretly Coyote Ugly? Because <laughs> the owner of Coyote Ugly used to date my boss. Like the real there one? There we go. Lil, the real Lil of Coyote Ugly. Um, they broke up. My boss opened Doc Holidays, which is a similar themed bar. Mm-hmm. Um, but like there was Hogs and Heifers, which is now closed and Hogs and Heifers, Doc Holidays and Coyote Ugly all had country Western girls dancing on the bar. Coyote Ugly went more rock and roll route. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of bar my boss was going for, for his first bar. And then mm-hmm. the old manager of library came to him. He owned, or he like worked at Alt Coffee and was like, I want to do a bar with you. They teamed up. It was this guy, Nick Boder's concept, the library, which was booze, books, and B-movies. Yes. Which I love still, all of those things. Yeah. The skulls just kind of evolved over time. Um, but uh, our whole goal is really to have, like, cheap drinks and friendly bartenders, not pretentious bartenders who mm-hmm. are, yeah. you know, too cool to have a conversation with you and it's more of a community space. I always think that bars are your living room in New York city and the parks mm-hmm. are your backyard because yeah. a lot of people don't have the space. That's really nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the library has definitely cultivated that at least for me. Like there are people that I see there that I'm like, I've seen you before. Maybe we've never spoken, but we've been here a couple times at the same time. Yeah. And that's really special. Like, and the bartenders too. Like I, I think you and I are definitely the the closest, but, like, 
Nicole, for example, like on my 21st birthday, she was pregnant with her first kid and mm-hmm. now she has two kids. So like just seeing the different families grow up and stuff. Nicole is one of the other bartenders at the library. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because when Maddie, so because when Maddie and I met, she was still in college and we had this relationship where like I, I basically couldn't go out with her because of certain reasons. So Maddie would talk it. about going, yeah, you know, <laughs> I was like 10 years older than her and supposed to be like, you know, An her adult. mentor. Um, so Maddie would talk about like going to the library and I'd be like, oh, okay, that sounds nice. You know, and sometimes she'd be like, oh, I actually do my homework there or whatever. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. I used to do that you a lot. Know, great. You so when mm-hmm. I had no, I like, I thought it was going to be like when I finally went there, like last year. Like an year, actual like, library. <laughs> no, I kind of thought it was going to be like a hotel bar. You know, like sometimes you go in and they're like really quiet and like, you know, I don't know. And then I, I guess what I'm trying to say is it was fun to then finally go there and see what the space was like. And again, back to this idea of it being more of a community. Um, and I love that you said that about the, you know, the bars being the living rooms and the parks being your backyard, because now that I live somewhere, you know, where I have a living room in a backyard, mm-hmm. I miss that part of being in the city and just being able to have that like street culture and restaurant culture and park culture where you're out and you're building community in that way. So I think that's really cool. And I love that that's like, you know, present in your, um, I guess initiatives to keep the bar alive. Well, I wouldn't continue to work in the environment I'm in, it is difficult. Mm -hmm. It can be draining. It can be sad at times. You Mm -hmm. know, you've got people with addiction issues coming around, but you also get to meet like the most amazing people from such a variety of places. Literally at the bar, you can look and say, oh, there's a guy that has 16 Grammys talking to his friend. And there's a girl who's still in college and hasn't figured out her life. And there's a guy that's a stockbroker. And then there's some kid that's trying to be a graffiti writer and a, an artist. And, you know, you literally look around and there's a million different types of people. And I think that that's what's great about a really good bar is that it's kind of just a place that you can show up. And you'll, you don't know what kind of adventure you're going to go on, what kind of conversation you're going to have, who you're going to meet, um, what might change your opinion or what your thoughts are on something. Uh, you could meet somebody that challenges the way that you perceive other people. I don't know. It's just, like, nice to have that. Yeah, I think that's so cool. So, um, you know, because this is a podcast about millennials, um, I feel like this is an interesting question. We'll see what you guys think. So you've been bartending since like 1997, 1998. Okay. Yeah. So how do you think kind of that atmosphere of community has changed in bars and particularly since you've, you know, been at the library for a while, um, at that bar as people are bringing their cell phones in, do you see less interactions between yep. your customers more? Do you ever like go up to someone and are you ever like, put that away? Because that's what I would want to do. I won't serve you if you're on your phone, first of all. Oh my God, I love Yeah, that. if you're that's walking awesome. up you're to a bartender. If you're on your phone, yeah. like get the fuck off your phone. We don't have televisions at our bar. We have a projector with movies that we throw on with no sound. We have a very curated jukebox. That's what you get. 
We want you to interact with people. That's the whole point. Um, mm -hmm. I think, you know, I see large groups of people under the age of 25 coming in and every single one of them has a phone in their hand with a little flashlight beam coming off it and they're all posing and making videos. They don't ask you if it's okay to videotape you. They don't ask you if it's okay to take your picture. I'm, you know, behind the bar mm -hmm. serving their drinks, but like suddenly I'm blinded by six people doing Snapchat videos and adding to their yeah. stories on Instagram. And, you know, it's really weird because they're not interacting. They're trying, literally girls in cute outfits show up. They don't get a drink. They take photos in front of the murals of the bar, talk to some guys, try to get someone to buy them a drink, but they don't like interact in any positive way. And then they leave. It's just That's oh my super God. weird. Really, really, there's yeah. just a lot of stuff about social yeah. media in general that I think is eroding bar culture and just culture in general. I mean, there are a lot of positives to it, too, but I think that, you know, yeah. what's that term? IRL in real life? Yeah. 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 It's so interesting you that you say that because I think... I know what you mean at the library, but I feel like even compared to other bars, it's still, and I don't know why it is, maybe because the bartenders have put so much effort and the they owners... don't tolerate it. Yeah. Fuck you. If you're, if you're going to be rude to the people around you, then you can leave. Because I found that it's one of the only places, and this is one thing that I wanted to talk about because we've touched upon it in some other episodes with some other guests, mm -hmm. um, about people that come to bars alone, either just because they have nowhere to we go. Have tons of that. Right. And I, I've definitely noticed that compared to other bars, that it's very welcoming for that and people are more open. And I've even gone there alone. Like just the other weekend, I was like just walking around. I was like shopping and I was like, I'll just pop in for a drink. I was by myself. It was, and I didn't feel weird doing that. And I've definitely felt weird at other places. And it's not like I don't have any friends that could go with me. It's just sometimes you're by yourself. Sometimes you're just like, oh, I just want a yeah. drink, and you're hot and yeah. sweaty, and you just want to grab a nice right. beer or a glass of wine or something and chill out for a minute. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or you're waiting to meet somebody because maybe you got there early. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of different reasons. Yeah, we have a lot of low. I mean, it. it as a bartender. Loner's not can, in a bad way. Not in a bad way, but there are sometimes it, it does get a little bit weird, you know. Uh, it's kind of like... Well, if they're expecting you to fill the void for them There as the are men that come in and you feel like it's a date. They come in, they come in every week on your shift. Oh. They are alone. They don't interact with other people. They want to do shots with only you. They bring you food, they bring you gifts on your birthday, it gets See, these really are all weird. things I've done, but I feel like it's less Not weird because I'm same. a young girl. You're yeah. like in a group of people, and right. I like all of you guys. It's a little bit different when it's like you've stated, and, and when, when you're a bartender, you may not want to advertise that you're not single or you are single, Yeah. but at the same time, it gets a little weird sometimes when you have mm -hmm. this... You, I have a few regular right. customers that... You don't want to be like, fuck off. I'm their then, date night. Yeah. I literally, on Thursday night, am their date night. 
Oh, God. And I try to introduce them to other people, but they're really weird guys. <laughs> they're really, really weird. Yeah. And they're yeah. really socially awkward, and they don't know how to talk to other people. And I find them fascinating. So I don't mind at all. But at the same time, I just wish that maybe they could pop out of their shell a little bit more. I try to help them meet other people, but, you know, they're just really socially awkward yeah. sometimes. And the bartender has to talk to you. I have to go up to you and say, hi, what can I get you? Mm-hmm. What yeah. would you like? But have, have you ever had, and you can always pass on a question, by the way, if you don't want to answer. Have you ever had an experience where, you know, you're doing that and it's part of your job and you're trying to kind of give this, you know, this openness to this person, but then you've felt unsafe or you've been followed after work or, yeah, yeah. and how have you handled that in the past? Well, we have security. That That's are, very nice. That are there to either A, take us home, or B, yeah. make sure we've gotten into a cab safely mm-hmm. to our home. Good. So, I mean, you know, we have a pretty rigid set of rules. No one leaves by themselves. At the end of the night, we close up together. And That's good. Yeah. No. So, you know, it's like a family it's definitely like a family, but I mean, I've had stalkers when I was bartending when I was younger, when I didn't know how to maneuver and navigate my way around setting boundaries without being as ob- super obvious, without just mm-hmm. straight up being like, you creep me the fuck out, go away, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd, I'd either just go super extreme aggression on them, or I would just say nothing, and let them be creepy and weird for an extended period of time. And that led to, I think you just have to be clear with people. Yeah. You know, yeah. I have a boyfriend. Set a I live with him. You have to set boundaries and you have yeah. to not bend them. And when people are drinking and they're having alcohol, it loosens their inhibitions and it may make them feel that they can cross boundaries and you have to just make sure that you keep them mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. How do you handle, like, people that want to do, like, shots with you and stuff? And you're working. You obviously I can't get was wasted. sober for seven years until about a year ago. I have Crohn's disease, so. I was on medication. So I couldn't drink alcohol yeah. with it. Oh, and um, so from the age of 30 to 37, I didn't drink alcohol at all. And I was bartending. I would drink fake shots. I'd mm-hmm. say, I don't drink But I'll do, you know, I'll pour you guys shots and I'll have a little thing of juice. I was really transparent. I wasn't lying about drinking alcohol. And Um, I feel like that's a pretty common thing that people don't expect, that there are a lot of bartenders that are sober. Lots of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, um, I mean, there are ways to cheat it. Um, (laughs) Juice makes you absorb alcohol slower than soda or Mm -hmm. water. So mixing juice into oh. a shot so or is it drinking juice with not, alcohol. Not to cut you off, but yeah. if is it better to have like a glass of juice between drinks than water? I don't or really know, but okay, yeah. <laughs> so there's this thing called tips. It's like a, an alcohol training type of thing that the, the state has. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're tip certified, you're better at serving people. Right. Or whatever, mm. and they have really ridiculous videos. You can go online and watch them. They're so bad. <laughs> Is this person intoxicated? And, oh my you know, god! About IDing people, about 
how minors act in oh, bars, yeah. how to like identify minors <laughs> That's so yeah. funny. that are trying to drink alcohol, just a lot of really bizarre things. So you learn that, like, so say you have, like, someone that's got, like, completely ripped, like, that's someone that's 300 pounds, mm-hmm. but they're all muscle, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, another person that's 300 pounds and they're all fat. Fat mm-hmm. doesn't help you metabolize alcohol or absorb anything. The person with, like, the muscle mass is going to be able to drink way more because oh, they have more so body mass that can help them process the effects, so to speak. I'm mm-hmm. not speaking exactly yeah, yeah. scientifically. But so on – that's why most of the time you women are considered to be more lightweight than men because – Women have a higher percentage of body fat. We have boobs. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we have hips. And so we have more fat on our bodies normally. So a woman and a man that are the same weight, most likely the woman will be be intoxicated more quickly. Right. Like her blood alcohol level. Yeah. Because people can act really, really sober, but their blood alcohol Mm -hmm. level says otherwise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. And I would imagine you've gotten really good at kind of identifying when people need to be cut off. Yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot of the times, the, the one thing that makes it really difficult is when there are groups of people doing shots really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And when you know they're like ordering round after round and you're super, super busy and you're just like, okay, here you go. And you run away. Um, because some people can drink, you know, five shots in an hour and be completely fine and have a couple glasses of water, grab a a sandwich or a burrito at the taco truck, they're good. And their best friend that they're out with could have had the same five shots as them and might suddenly out of nowhere seem completely sober and then just, like, vomit all over themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, toss the cookies. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. That's the best, I'm It's sure. hard. You don't know. Like, some people don't drink that much. They don't have a tolerance. Some people do. And part of... I can't tell you... I can't guess just from the way you look, like, how much you drink or how mm-hmm. many drugs you do or what yeah. medication you're taking that can affect you right. in a negative way when you're drinking. Yeah. 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 That's me. I'm If I'm on antibiotics and I have a sip of alcohol, I'm like, gonna throw up, gonna throw up all over everything. Oh, so wow. that was my lesson. Even though Maddie is always says I can drink when I'm on antibiotics, it <laughs> is not true. You can, moderately. <laughs> it's a liver issue. Oh, yeah. It makes me so sick. <laughs> but some people get sick from antibiotics in general, and you're probably yeah. one of those people. And so you're probably more susceptible to the nausea that would come with drinking alcohol. And mixing that anyway. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So another question I have about, you know, bar culture and how it's changed. Um, I felt like when I was in college or whatever, like guys were, you know, always like buying me drinks. And I felt like this happened for a long time. I think I'm now hotter probably than (laughs) I was in college. But I felt I feel like the culture has changed and men aren't as likely to buy women drinks. So maybe you can elucidate if I've just gotten uglier or if bar culture has changed. <laughs> you are not uglier. Bar culture <laughs> is you. changing. Um, base, I mean, 
Think about it, though. I like, think it's ridiculous if you're, like, walking into a bar to just be like, I'm a fucking girl. I should get free drinks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There are I've, a lot of women yeah. that walk in and expect that. And I yep. think that in certain types of bars, you'll still see that kind of behavior, but in a more enlightened place, like the library. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was going to um, say, I've never, yeah. like, walked into a bar and been like, and I, I definitely know people that do this, where they walk into a bar and they're like, I'm going to spend no money. And that's, like, the mm. goal. That's it's, the goal. Right. But I've yeah. never done that. Like, I'll always buy myself. I think of that as pouring yourself out. I'm sorry. But, For like, sure. that's pouring your time out, yourself out. Like, you have to interact with somebody if they want to buy you right. a drink. In a, like, dive bar like the library, you go in with people or by yourself and maybe someone next to you is like, hey, you want to do a shot with me right. out of nowhere? It's not about picking you up. It might exactly. be sometimes people send drinks across the bar or like that girl's really cute or that guy's really hot. I want to send him a drink. But things are starting to be more balanced mm-hmm. sexually, awesome. men yeah. versus women. So I think that the, the days of women just waltzing into a bar and expecting not to have to pay to anything are coming to an right. end. I mean, it still mm-hmm. happens, but... And it's like the drinks at the library are not overly expensive either. And to your point, I've definitely had more of the experience of like, oh, we're at a birth. Someone comes and they're at a birthday party and you're there alone or with one other person. And they're like, hey, do you want to do a shot with us? Because they can tell that like you're by yourself or Or they just think you look cool. Yeah, exactly. Or the bartender will add you on. Hey, this is my friend Maddie. Yeah. She's in here. uh, She's taking a break from shopping. A good bartender will introduce you. If you're on your own, a good bartender is going to introduce you to other people that they know or try to get you engaged in a conversation so that they don't have to babysit you. you. Yeah. Uh, And then you'll be more likely to stay. To stay. Yeah. And come back if you've had a good experience. You're having a good time. Yeah, exactly. The whole point of people going to a bar is to most likely interact. Otherwise, they would just buy a six-pack and go home. (laughs) Exactly. I'm sorry, but, like, when when people say, I don't want to be bothered, and they get, like, annoyed that people talk to them at the bar, I kind of want to say it. I call bullshit on that. Yeah, Yeah, go home. Yeah. If that's true. Go buy a six-pack. You just bought, like, a beer that costs the price of a six-pack from me. Yeah. One beer. You want to be alone? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So what is your favorite drink to make for people at the bar? Whiskey. Whiskey, just straight up. Or tequila. I like making really fun concoctions for people. Yeah. Like, when they're like, do you have a cocktail menu? And I say no. Uh, We have a few drinks up now. Um, But usually I just say, well, what are you in the mood for? Do you want something? What kind of liquor do you want? Yeah. And then, do you want something sweet or tart? Do you want it to be fizzy, not fizzy? So if I said I wanted something with whiskey that was tart and fizzy, what would you put together for me? I would probably, yeah, no, totally. I would probably do something with like a bourbon and some lemon juice Mm -hmm. and, uh, or I would give you like ginger, just whiskey, ginger beer, Mm -hmm. you know, that's always good. Classic Classic. cocktail style. But I mean, literally you can just, I have, I do, I have a group of wrestlers that comes in every Thursday night. They wrestle at the community center and then they come to the library for drinks and I make experimental shots for them. They never know what they're going to be. I just literally take whatever booze that we're not selling or that we need to get rid of or that because the things are seasonal, like lots mm-hmm. of summer tequila drinks, vodka drinks, whiskey's mm-hmm. more winter. 
and people mm-hmm. will kind of switch between the two. Uh, so, you know, in the summer you want like margaritas and more light beverages because yeah. it's hot. Um, but so I'll just grab random stuff and mix it together and sometimes it tastes disgusting. Sometimes it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's great. I've it. had some good, good concoctions from yeah, Kristen. It's fun. Um, so I feel like we talk about the bar all night because it's very interesting, but I want to know more about you and what you do when you are not at work. Well, I work a lot, (laughs) as you can imagine, because I run four businesses and I'm kind of 24 hours a day on call. Yeah. But I surf, I travel a lot, I do a lot of yoga and Pilates, I like to cook. I like to go fine dining. Um, my boyfriend owns a tattoo shop and is into art, so we'll do art dates. Um, we go to a Japanese ceramics place and make ceramics. Uh, That's so cool. Where did you guys meet? At the library. Oh, I love it. Was Multiple he a customer? Times. I don't he... remember the first time we met. He remembers meeting me, but I don't remember that he was there. Well, you were probably busy. I was working, and he was with, like, yeah. ten hot, tattooed men that all worked at the shop. And they all so came in. how did he, like, so how, you know, it's so it's so busy, and he, like, sees you, and he's like, oh, my God, Kristen's so awesome. Um, how did he ask you out in a way that, like, wasn't creepy? Okay, well, well we met just three demeanor? times before the okay. asking about. So the first time yes. we met, I don't remember. But he was married, so... Okay, so he was, was a good guy, yeah. but yeah. apparently uh, all of the people that he was hanging out with kept saying, Kristen's so awesome, she's sober, she doesn't fuck tattoo artists. There's a whole, like, tattoo artist groupie sort of situation mm. yeah. thing. There's just bar- they're bartender groupies. There's groupies mm-hmm. for everyone. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, they all work together in really close quarters. So, mm-hmm. you know, you go to a shop, there's eight guys tattooing people for eight hours. Five yeah. days a week. You're, it's like an office, but with a lot mm-hmm. less boundaries. <clears throat> so, you know, you get you get to know these guys, and they they talk. You should do a podcast in a tattoo shop because the stuff that they talk about, the most interesting topics, they just that's it, all it is. It's just like, a, it's like a barber shop or yeah. any other place. They all yeah. just talk and talk, and it's fun, and they have a really good vibe, and you can learn a lot or yeah. <laughs> be really offended. Um, it's yeah. fun. But so they all said, oh, she's not a big whore. Like, none of us have slept with her. She's so sweet. She's so nice. This is what he says, you know. And he was like, oh, you know. So they had nothing but cl- complimentary things to say about you. And yeah. then I met him about, I don't know, like, nine months later, a year later. I don't know. I don't really know how much after that was because I don't remember that first time. But he Mm -hmm. was with my friend Drew, and I'd just gotten back from a surfing trip in Costa Rica. I went to Costa Rica alone. Kind of last minute. I I like traveling by myself a lot. I just went to Hawaii by myself for two and a half weeks. That's awesome. So cool. I didn't realize that was by yourself. That's so cool. I went to Hawaii alone, yes. That's awesome. Last minute, like 14 days before I went, I was like, I'm going to fucking Hawaii. Peace out. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So, yeah, uh, anyway, my friend Drew was like, oh, this is my friend Chris. And he was like, hey, didn't talk to me. I talked to Drew, but I wasn't working. So I was talking to Drew about my trip, and we were talking about stuff. And this guy just was kind of in the background, and he kept going to smoke cigarettes and was very, like, 
kind of closed off. Yeah. And now I know he was going through a really nasty divorce at that Mm. time. So that'll close you off a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So like nine months later, my friend Diego, who is a tattoo artist at Daredevil, Mm -hmm. comes in with Troy, who owns Invisible, which is on Orchard Street. Two tattoo shops, both amazing. They come in. And Diego starts trying to introduce me to everyone because he's a a wonderful host. He's really good at, you know, Mm -hmm. engaging you with people that you don't know and introducing everybody. And he started to introduce me to Chris, and I said, I think I've met you before. And I thought he was really hot. And he was Mm. tall. And he had a really nice smile. And then he started telling me about my trip to Costa Rica (laughs) that I told Drew about nine months prior. And I was like, oh, he was paying attention. Um, I need to separate him from the pack. So I, I, I separated him from the group at the end of the night. And uh, then he asked me out. That's so delightful. Like that. that is an excellent story. I love yeah. that story. Speaking of tattoos, what are the stories of your tattoos? How did you get them? How long ago? Oh, well. What was the impetus? I have a few little ones that are fun. This guy down here on my left ankle is a skull and crossbones. It's very cute. I like it. I got it at um, New York Hardcore Tattoos on Stanton Street. Um, Years ago with my friend Jamie, she has one too. I I would draw skull and crossbones for the library bar's softball team. Oh my gosh, you guys have a little softball team? Yeah, we do. I love that. We're good too. I started it. That's fun. You play softball? (laughs) You want to no. play softball for our team? I would, if you teach me, if you're taking novices, if you guys oh, are really I good, suck. you probably don't want me. It's about but. being drunk and, like, running around. It's great. Sounds yeah. fun. Maddie, I think you would do very well. Yeah, I would you, love that. Maddie's we'll also secretly after. very competitive, so I think she are would. Are you? Yeah. Oh, I can see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? She'd be like, I've never done this before in my life, and now we're going to win the whole tournament. <laughs> and be perfect. And be perfect. And I'm banging the table, which means I am not perfect. Oh, it's Maddie okay. yells at me for that. Why? Why um, can't you bang the table? She can for emphasis. Really loud. The what? microphone picks it up, and it's very amplified. I'm yeah. really shocked that I haven't knocked the microphone off the oh, table. No, you're doing a great job. <laughs> you're doing I a great job. I a lot too. And when I was still in New York, like one time, we're recording, and my dog was there, and she's like eating a cockroach oh, under yeah. the bed. So we oh, had many. Amazing. Yeah. It was a delightful very time. Very exciting activities. So, um, the big sleeve tattoos, how did that come yeah, about? How did you decide to commit to a sleeve? Cause all right. Are so off. this, this bad boy over here is my little heavy and it's basically my mom and my grandma and my other grandma have all died. And mm-hmm. I wanted to do some, you know, when you get like a big piece and it's one of your first big pieces, a lot of the times you get all sentimental and <laughs> you, you want to make sure it has a lot of meaning and, You know, you put a lot of thought into it. So there are three peonies and three lace doilies for my mother and both of my grandmothers who have passed. And there is an extra layer of that is that my friend Becca that did this tattoo used a really good friend of mine, Danny, who had died uh, his tattoo machine to tattoo me. Oh, wow. Um, So there's a lot. Yeah, this is like super significancy. Um, this is like the last tattoo I got. My friend's husband did it for my birthday, just rando. And then um, my friend that did the right arm 
wanted to do the left arm and I said I really like peonies and lace let's just do the whole thing and, oh my god uh, I love it go for it so yeah, I, did. I love how it's very cohesive and I like the colors kind of mm-hmm. between both arms it looks thank you yeah sometimes people get tattoos and very hodgepodge yeah. and well I like to think of it as this um you know like a travel trunk has lots of little stickers from everywhere like you go or yeah. your passport mm-hmm. there are people that collect tattoos like travel stamps in their passport so each one is a moment or a memory in time they have lots of little ones all over and there are people like me that kind of want something that's like you know Japanese traditional tattoos um, and you know I'm probably like fudging this but they're large they're body suits Mm -hmm. they're usually have a few design elements that mean a few things and there's like a theme and it covers your entire body Like the Yakuza. Mm -hmm. If you think of that, like that's kind of what people think of. So, you know, Mm -hmm. these are, my friend was doing American style Americana tattoo, you know, like the eagles and a lot of that Mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, she worked at a shop that had a lot of really good artists that did Japanese style work. And she was working on learning that when Mm -hmm. I got my tattoo. So there's a lot of both styles kind of in here. So how long have you had them? Uh, I don't even remember when I got them. A so long it's gotta time. be a long time. Yeah. yeah. Over 10 years. Have you ever thought about getting more? You're kind of Um. Yeah, out. I really want someone to tattoo me, but he won't tattoo me because my boyfriend is a really famous, well-known tattoo artist. Oh, and, uh, So it's like uh, he's cock-blocking me from getting tattooed from some people that I want to tattoo me because he's their idol. And so, yeah, I've been chipping slowly away at Regino at Invisible. And one day I will have a tattoo. It will be <laughs> You'll mine. have to send him this podcast once yeah. it comes out and then he can listen. It'll be like, now I've it on the podcast, so it has to happen. Now you have to do it. Well, I mean, he wouldn't do a painting that I wanted from him. He used to teach at mm-hmm. SVA, actually. He used to teach illustration. Oh, very cool. He's an amazing artist. I think he's one of the most amazing people mm-hmm. in tattooing right now. And uh, he, after chipping away at him for three years, finally... I commissioned the painting, and now I have it. I gave it to my boyfriend for Christmas Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. It's beautiful. It's like all these animals. It's like a circle of life situation. I can show you pictures. I love it. Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Do you live with your boyfriend? Yeah. And you mentioned off mic that he has a kid. How is that? And I know... Yeah. Shay is in a similar situation, so maybe yeah, you guys want to ping pong back and forth. Well, I have no skin in this game. My father has been married many, many times, and I'm his only child. How many? Well, you don't want to say it's okay. I'm just gonna a range. show you yeah. with my hands. Oh. It's a lot. Okay, I see. I like yes. it, but yeah. he might not. Yeah, so yeah. it's more than that. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot. Okay. Um, but uh, so I didn't ever want to get married when I was a kid. And I also didn't want to have any. Mm-hmm. I was going to adopt yeah. or something or have a stepchild. I don't know. Yeah. And I had a lot of step-siblings. I'm, I, my stepsister currently, my current stepsister, who will always be my best. I love her. She's yeah. my sister. She's amazing. Um, I don't know. I just feel like I didn't want to get married. Mm-hmm. And then I met Chris, and he and I 
both don't want to marry each other, but we want to buy a house. We're, like, looking for apartments right now. His daughter lives with us part-time. Um, but I was really slow to get involved in her life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very slow. Because, you know, that's not my kid. And he is working out whatever he's working out with baby mama. And I wanted to just have it evolve naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and now... I love the shit out of her. We just went to yeah. Maine for a family vacation for a week for 4th of July. Aww. So with his mom, who's a Zen Buddhist monk. Amazing. I love that. That's and so cool. That's an cool. artist. And then his father, who's like a labor union organizer. And then his Uncle Joe. His mom and his dad and his Uncle Joe have lived together for 20 years. Oh, my gosh. The three of them. And That's not so in a romantic way, but they yeah, just yeah. all live together. And they like, like have a house friends. and they garden. Yeah. So we went on vacation in Maine. The three of them, and then Chris and Nayara, his daughter, and I. And we all mm-hmm. went on vacation together. And uh, I helped her build her first fort. Yeah, so, oh. I mean, it's been over four years since we started dating. But when we started dating, I wanted it to be a very, very mm-hmm. slow thing. Because yeah. I wasn't sure if that was it. I was pretty sure, sure yeah. that was it. But I, yeah. you, you know, always want to be cautious. He might and... have dumped my ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, for sure. And I feel like... I mean, just from my experience, that's certainly something. I mean, my boyfriend was, we waited. I mean, we haven't even been together that long. I mean, that's the whole thing, too. It's like, you're yeah. like, I'm pretty sure. But you don't want to be that like, little invested. tiny human is attached to you. Yeah. It's like, uh, and then you're attached. Then you're like, mm-hmm. if something does happen, it's going to be like a thousand times worse. Than it's just way worse because you're yeah. not only emotionally invested in your partner, but you're yeah. emotionally invested in this tiny beautiful human or in your case too mm-hmm. and you it's like that I, I mean that's what I was going really slow because I remember when my dad broke up with people and I was close with their kids it was always hard on me and mm-hmm. it was just hard in general to like have that person be gone from my mm-hmm. life suddenly right. so for me I met this amazing man and I really really liked him and I could really see myself with him However, he had a little nugget, and, yeah. you know, he She must probably, have been, like, really little when you guys first got together. Two. Yeah, She's almost oh, seven. Wow. Yeah. 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 And this is the point at which I would normally take out my phone and start showing you all photos. <laughs> oh, gosh. I love it. So cute. Aww. Yeah. I love it's that. It's gross. Yeah. I, like, ha- I totally love the shit out of her, and yeah. I'm really happy that I found him and that he came with her, so... That's awesome. Have you ever had, and again, you can tell us if you don't want to talk about this, but with um, like being kind of in that step parent role, like, do you ever get pushback either from her, like Um, the stereotypical, like, you're not my mom or like with, well, I've had his ex, like not with his ex ever. That's good. Um, but, uh, her best friends are these two little girls that are (laughs) little girls of another tattoo artist that works in the city and, we go to New Jersey to hang out with them. And sometimes yeah. I find myself alone supervising all of them. Yeah. And, you know, I think back to we often the youngest one who's four. She's uh-huh. so cute. She'll look and say, are you her mommy? <laughs> and yeah. and I, everyone, all the yeah. adults start It's snickering. easier just to be like, yeah. yes, but you I don't want to lie. No. I'm like, no, and Nayara says, no, that's Kristen, and I say, yeah, I'm, I'm Kristen, um, yeah. I'm not her mommy, 
well, do we have to listen to you then? And I <laughs> say, absolutely, yeah. you do. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Definitely, and I'm actually more of a hard ass than her dad is. Yeah, I'm oh, also wow. like a softy when she's crying, but yeah. if I've put that, it's kind of I think of uh, drunk people very similarly to children. You oh, have to yeah. lay down very very firm boundaries with them, or else they'll walk all over you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. No, it's really interesting, and it's such a special like role to inhabit, but like what I found out is there just aren't a lot of resources out there. And, you know, for me, I don't have anyone else. That's why I'm like, oh, now we can be best friends. Yeah, um, totally. I'll tell like, you all about it. I have a lot, of, I have a lot of women in my life that are actually, um, you find it in the bar world and also in like a lot of tattoo artists mm-hmm. have kids yeah. and they're not with the mom anymore. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of, people in the music industry Mm -hmm. um, and the film industry, there are a lot of people that have kids and they're not with the person that fathered or gave birth to them. And, you know, I just don't think it's talked about as much. People just don't talk about it. It's always really a weird, awkward thing. And you kind of have to navigate your way through that on your own, depending on what your partner wants and what kind of relationship they want you to have with the child and what kind of a relationship the child's other parent wants you to have with them. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of always going to, it's always going to be tricky. Yeah, for sure. Sure. So interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And I know, did you have a lot of experience with kids before you met her? Hell no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my so God, no. Like, I'm an only child. Oh, God. I didn't get... I I didn't have... I was a fucking nerdy kid when I was younger. I like yeah. sitting... I'd rather read a sci-fi fantasy novel than interact with anyone. Like, go fuck yourself. I mean, I danced. I did dance, and I was a cheerleader and all that dumb shit. But, yeah. you know, I was kind of a little bit of a weirdo, you know, and I hung out with weird people and I like people that are a little on the fringe and different. Like give me that like completely cynical, like grumpy asshole in the corner and I'll take him over, you know, the, the like pretty girl who just like spent two hours curling her hair. I'd rather talk to the asshole. Generally has a better story. Yeah. So yeah, it's more interesting. For sure, for sure. So I guess before we move on to our segments, you said you liked to travel a lot. So I'd love to hear one or two of your favorite travel stories about some of the fav- your favorite places you've been or least favorite places. This also ties into my campfire topic. Ooh. I love it. Good All transition. Right. Well, <laughs> what you. kind of travel? I don't like I travel. Oh, you like to travel excessively as a woman, like alone. Alone. So I think that's interesting. Yeah. Um, or with I you know, if I have a lot of friends and they're like, "You're my favorite travel person," and then now I have a a, a pack of people that are inviting me on amazing vacations mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, which but is so good. Given the line of work that I'm in, I have a lot of flexibility in some ways to be able to just kind of up and go somewhere mm-hmm. at the drop of the hat, which can be really exciting. Um, you meet people in the bar that just offer you places to stay and you actually take them up on it. Um, ah. You know, uh, I just, I went to Morocco on a yoga retreat randomly with like mm-hmm. a week's notice once 
That was one of my favorite trips, actually. I met a bunch of amazing women, did some interesting yoga stuff, bought yeah. some rugs, uh, <laughs> had to cover my tattoos and my body culturally. Oh, wow. Oh, really? oh wow. I mean, it's, yeah, the culture there is very different than it is here. But, um, yeah, and it was weird because when I was in uh, Marrakesh and we went shopping in the souk, there were women in cut-off shorts and tank mm-hmm. tops, like mm-hmm. what I wear when I mm-hmm. bartend, and yeah. what 90% of women are walking around outside in right now. Yeah. And this musty humidity. This, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so hot gross in New York humid. right now. You're yeah. not missing much. But no, it looked God. offensive. And I'm not, I don't even live there, but yeah. it was very weird to see some butt cheeks out of nowhere <laughs> when no one else is showing that. Yeah. Yeah. And when you know that people consider it to be disrespectful, it's like, yeah, I mean, like, we have a sign at the bar. It says, in America, yeah. we tip. Most mm-hmm. people yeah. go somewhere with some sort of an idea of what it's like culturally. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I think that it's rude and a bit ignorant, maybe, to just show up and say fuck you to that culture instead of trying to respect it and understand it or learn about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Definitely. Yeah. I would agree with that. Very cool. What's your uh, campfire topic, Shay, that ties into this? Well, um, so I started watching this show on, uh, David and I started watching this show on Netflix called Dark Tourist, and it is basically this very nerdy guy, a journalist from New Zealand, goes to different places all over the world and investigates kind of like the, the darker side of culture, whether it's like death rituals in Southeast Ooh. Asia, or he goes to... Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, I don't that you know in Japan where oh, the there forest? was an earthquake, Fuji Oh, or um, Mount Fuji? No, 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 Fukushima. 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 Yeah. Um, and he goes to like uh, you know Dallas and goes to where like Kennedy was shot and he like digs into it and it's very interesting and it's very funny. But I was reading this because um, I was like, oh, I just want to talk about the show. But then I pulled up an article in The Atlantic, like a review of it, and it was basically saying how like insensitive the show is because he, um, I just, uh, what does it say? Sorry. Uh, this is why I need to highlight things. Um, but basically he's not, they say he's not giving any of like the topics enough um, time and he's basically just you know, showcasing what this article calls an opportunity for thrill-seeking, cash-privileged Westerners to feel better about their mundane lives by trawling through global hotspots of genocide, catastrophe, and authoritarianism. So anyway, I just think it's a really interesting show. It's actually quite funny, and it also, like, it it doesn't go in depth. Or is this... No, it's it's like like a travel travel show. Okay, it's documentary style. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I kind of have mixed feelings about it because I really like it, but I totally also got what this article was saying that basically it's not being respectful of these other cultures and it's not being respectful of places where these horrible atrocities have taken place. But I also feel like I wouldn't even know about these things or these horrible atrocities if he wasn't giving me his little like 15 minute spiel on it. So yeah. I feel like that's my thought. 
Hmm. Yeah. My general feelings on it are, A, there's never going to be a TV show that gives something justice. Right? Never. Like, if you're never yeah, going to get as totally. much as if you But the whole point of there, it is to get to give you people a taste. interested so that right. they can do their own research on the subject. Exactly. Exactly. So that's my number one thing. And my number two thing is, and obviously I haven't watched the show or read this article, which I'm mm-hmm. going to because they both sound very I'm interesting. I'm going to send it to you um, at some point. But I'd be more affected by his criticism if it was coming from someone who maybe this guy had went to that culture and they were disrespected by it as opposed to a journalist for the Atlantic being like, I felt offended on behalf of these people. I think there is like yeah. some nuance there. It's kind okay. of going back to like, Especially we talk a lot of course, the lady who writes this article, I don't want to make assumptions, but it's Sophie Gilbert, who is a white lady. And I'm like, yeah, it's you, like, you know, to me, it's equally, if not somewhat, offensive to talk on behalf of other people and be like we should all be so offended on their behalf you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. if the whole point is to let, let people be speak, offended or not right yeah yeah or just let people sit in their offendedness like you don't have to censor something just because you don't agree with it yeah um and what i thought was really cool about it and why why i kind of really like the show is that so there's all of these micro cultures throughout the world right that as mm-hmm our world becomes more digital, we're losing them, you know, because it's just... Things become so homogenized. Everything becomes so kind of homogenized and sanitized. So I think it's really important that, like, whatever his, you know, tone ends up being in presenting the material, at least he's presenting it and he's preserving a little bit of these cultures that otherwise would just kind of disappear. And I think a lot of it, too, is, like, that's how people actually travel. Like, I've gone to Paris twice, mm-hmm. and I've tried to go to the catacombs, mm-hmm. and they've been closed both times. Why? Um, one was for a transit strike, and the other time was there was, like, some flooding or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't gotten to go. And, you know, you were talking about, like, where JFK was shot. Like, Corey mm-hmm. and I are going to Dallas over Christmas, and that's one of the things, like, we want to go to Dealey Plaza and the book depository and, like, learn more about that. So, like... I tend to like oh. some of those more darker things. Like, I was just in D.C. I went to the Holocaust Museum. Like, oh, I tend okay. to like learning through that lens. And, okay. mm-hmm. you know, again, it it doesn't give the Holocaust justice or have every experience by going to that museum. But it's it gives you an idea or an introduction to that culture. So you like to culture. travel to learn about things well, I like history, and history. I feel like a lot of history like is history. brutal and awful, right? Like, there's... That's... Well, a lot of the history that's recorded, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, sure. and it's just interesting. I don't know. I, like, drama's just generally interesting, and a lot drama of it is, is bad. But that's, oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, that's not everything I look for when I travel. Like, I do like going to museums and seeing art and What about, like, talking to people. surfing and, you know, yeah, oh, getting yeah, drunk and blacking out and waking up on an airplane and having no idea where you're going? <laughs> Of course. That, I mean. That's also very fun. I agree. No, but the, it, there's multiple ways to look at travel. It doesn't have to all be like fun or, fun or awful. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You can have yeah. all these different things. I just but. like meet, meeting people. Like I like to go yeah. to a bar that the locals go to to meet random people. I think that's a really fun way to meet people. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I do have to say like my favorite trip that I ever took and ever will take in my entire life was when I hiked the Camino de Santiago in Spain because it's such 
it's about doing something that's outside and physical and doing an act activity but it's also and then you see all these like historical sites and whatnot but you are also every night like drinking and eating and partying with like these amazing people from all over the world and it is that like the best amazing combination. i want to yeah, do that you would really like this send from me that to you for an hour i will send this to you but you get a backpack you go to spain you take a month and you just hike and it's month. incredible you can get one at REI from for like fifty American dollars. No, I have a backpack. I don't. Have oh, a I thought month. you said you don't have a back. Oh, a month. A month. Well, maybe you, you can hike part, part of it. it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to do the whole thing. That sounds amazing, though. I know. I have many, um, many resources I can send you. But that's awesome. um, down. yeah. Well, so, all right. Anyone topic. else have a campfire um, topic? Mine, which we kind of touched upon, was in the earlier segment, but just about how millennials are drinking less than other previous generations, just mm. on average. They're doing less drugs and alcohol and having less sex, apparently, which we've talked about in other podcasts. Well, so I drugs won't go and alcohol more. lead a lot to, yeah. to lowered inhibitions right, and more exactly. sex. exactly. Totally. So, also, do you think it's because millennials might be fearful of the, the consequences and the consequences of I think that's definitely part of it. The sex? And we've talked about it in other episodes too, like mm-hmm. the legal consequences of underage drinking, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure you guys can talk about when you were younger, but when I was in high school, like I have friends that are like just now getting off probation what? from stuff that they did in high school with drugs and alcohol, like, like literally what? like possession of marijuana, drinking underage, Pot minor is... possession. <sighs> that's ridiculous. And I think that's definitely more of a millennial thing. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think definitely just education about I think what this stuff maybe, does to your body, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. That's interesting. I haven't even thought about that. Yeah. And I've also read some stuff about the the cost, the economics of going out. And if you are on a fixed budget, you know, yeah. not being able to spend your money on these things and, you know, kind of looking at the historical trends of like Yeah, but like, people. wouldn't you rather spend your money on an experience oh, versus for sure. I mean, an I item. Definitely. But if you look at the trends of, mm-hmm. you know, people as a group yeah. who are more conservative and more liberal, you know, like the millennials were so young during the recession. Mm-hmm. I feel like the older millennials definitely saw it more and Gen X were fully adults when it happened. But, mm-hmm. you know, having higher divorce rates... Yeah. amongst parents of millennials like seeing parents losing their jobs because of the recession and things like that oh. makes them I mean, you crave stability. I mean, definitely talk about money a yeah. lot. Oh, really? That's oh, so interesting. Yeah. Like in what way? And do you think that's a millennial thing or a New York City everybody feels like they're poor thing? I don't know. I mean, for example, I was talking to your boyfriend in the mm-hmm. living room before this, and he was talking about the price of Chick-fil-A and how oh, expensive yeah. thing, food is. And, and it was just something that was just really weird because I often notice that people, and I don't know if this is a millennial thing, but I just assume that it is because millennials are often the people that are younger than I am. Mm-hmm. And people mm-hmm. that I know that are my age and older we don't talk about money or how expensive stuff is. We make a decision about whether or not we're going to spend something or not, but it's not the topic of discussion regularly. And yeah. I find that people that are, you know, below the age of 
30, mm-hmm. often are taught or around 30, like between 25 and 30, there's a lot of discussion going on about how much something costs or like, what's the cheapest this? Well, how much is it for that? Like, there's a lot of like bargaining and bartering and how can I get the best deal for things? Mm. And, you know, I often will overhear conversations of groups and they're talking about how much this costs versus how much this costs and what, well, why would you pay that for that? And it's very interesting because I don't find that's fascinating. Yeah. People talking about money like that, that are older. Do you think it's because like listening to you talk, do you think it's more because millennials are more strapped for cash than maybe, you know, someone that's your age, who was a little bit more established in their career or who maybe grew up in a different time so to speak, or do you think it's because people of a different generation might feel that talking about money is maybe a a bit rude and not something that you should casually talk about? I think it's more that it's like a, like something that you don't talk about, like, like you're not supposed to talk about it as much, I think maybe. And also maybe just people's views on money are different Mm -hmm. depending on their age. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I noticed that a lot of people that have just started working equate, well, this drink is like half an hour of work for me. Right. Right. They think of, you know, this drink is a a quarter of an hour of work. Or you have a low paying job, you might not. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, I've never worked a conventional job and I've been very fortunate, but I've not also, I've never, like, you know, I my friend came over today, for example, and he is a year older than I am. And he goes to the food co-op. He buys what he needs. He cooks all his meals. He's The shorts he was wearing are 12 years old. He doesn't care about fashion, but he's hot and fashionable mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I think that our society puts like a the shopping and mm-hmm. what you look like and the way your mm-hmm. hair is dyed and the the way you're just all of that stuff is very you know it's capitalism mm-hmm. shop mm-hmm. more get credit cards add get more debt like that's like the way our society works kind of yeah. and i think that the younger generations like are maybe they're facing that a little bit more yeah cuz you guys saw your parents lose their jobs for example or you know i think i read something that said that the people that are the millennials are making less money than the baby boomer generation mm-hmm. and like literal dollar yeah. for dollar. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, basically, not even adjusted. You, we've talked about this fact before. So mm-hmm. um, if you entered the workforce in 2008, which I did because I took a year between undergrad and graduate school, two years to like go to grad school and mm-hmm. live abroad. Um, so basically, because I entered the workforce in 2008, I will never be able to recover like the lost income from not entering in like 2006. Like I will never catch up to the, my peers who entered two years earlier. What or... does that mean though? So it you'll never like, catch up how? Well, it's on the average, yeah. well, not I mean, like Shay personally. Job, so it's like technically doesn't apply to me mm-hmm. either. But like, so say like my friends average. started at a job in 2006 and they were paid $40,000 a year. Yeah. So in 2008, they would have gotten a couple raises and they'd be making $50,000 a mm-hmm. year. But I started that dr- job in 2008, say if I started the same job 
entry level, I would have been paid 35. So, okay. and then because of the recession, my bonuses and my raises would have always been less. So in 10 years, they'd be making 75 or 80. I just wouldn't work a job like that. I know. Well, <laughs> neither would I. Such is my life. But, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't uh, know. I just. It's interesting. I just feel like people focus on having a lower budget, but I think that our society cripples people mm-hmm. because it makes them think that they that need they have to buy stuff, stuff when they don't need that it. they don't need like literally like how many you don't need all the clothes you have probably no definitely no. not at no. all no no one does no. for sure unless like, you're like a minimalist <laughs> yeah and like fast fashion like mm-hmm. h&m and you know I all those places fashion. i yeah. don't like fast fashion at all i'd rather spend yeah, I'll spend $300 on something, but guess what? I'll have it for 15 years and it still looks just as good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's an important, like, shift, or should be an important shift in, like, consumerism. But... Yeah, I just feel like that it's not only that people are making less money now that are starting out in the mm-hmm. workforce, but also they think they need to buy more. They think they need to have X, Y, and Z more. I mean, like, if you look at social media, for God's sake, there's, like, girls that literally do their makeup differently every day and the makeup tutorials, and it's, like, mm-hmm. they their makeup haul, quote-unquote, they just yeah. go buy. Like, you don't need all of that. Mm-hmm. We don't need all sure. of it. Nobody yeah. needs it. Our yeah. society needs us to need it so that it can keep making money. But we don't need it. You guys don't need it. You could get you 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 can have a small budget and live an amazing life and do everything mm-hmm. you want to do. I agree. I, I think agree. it's just the way that people think about money. Yeah, that's yeah. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that's a great place to head into our campfire or our uh, archery range. Yes. All right, Kristen. Yes. We're going to ask you a series of rapid fire questions. Oh God. Uh, answer whatever comes off the top of your head. Can first. I have more uh, wine first? Can I mean, girl, do what you need. I love it. No, no. We're no. almost done. Um, so yeah, ask me. I'll wait. Okay. Let's do this. Okay. Okay. Favorite book. Ender's Game. Dune. Fuck. I don't know. Oh, Both are excellent. Um. Favorite movie. Pretty Woman. Favorite place you've traveled? Oh, fuck. Mm. Or just a favorite place? Nicaragua. It's mm. a good one. Yeah. Right um, now it is. Favorite drink? Kombucha mm. or coffee. I love it. Yeah. Um, favorite bar in New York that is not the library? Or one of the other bars that you work for. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I don't have one. That's is your okay. favorite bar one of the ones that you work for? Or you just are over? I, Do you go out to bars when you're not working or no, not really? Nope. Yeah. I go to fucking fancy restaurant nice yes. what is your favorite fancy restaurant in right now find okay contra and wild contra. air they're oh. sister restaurants contra's prefix six course meal they God, have one it. menu that's it you just sit down you make they no just decisions bring the food it, to you. It comes. i love that i love not having to make decisions i do too 
I hate decisions. All right, Maddie, if I get this gig at your company, um, let's do that. I don't care how expensive it is. It sounds fun. It's like 70 bucks a person. Oh. Then let's definitely do it. You can sit at the bar and split it, and you can each get half of the prefix for 34. And it comes with fresh baked sourdough bread. I love it. And I love it. All right, we're doing that. Um, Your turn. Favorite television show? I don't watch a lot of TV or movies. Maybe one from when you were a kid. A t- television show that you really liked when you were a kid. TV show, TV show, TV show. You can pass too if you don't oh, have anything. I like that The Handmaiden's Tale. Oh, oh yeah, because so I, I just, love Margaret I, Atwood so good, oh, and I like how they really continued it. Yeah. Oh. Did you finish season two? Yeah. Yeah, we just finished it. Oh. It was really good. Um. um. I would also recommend if you have not read yet The Heart Goes Last by Atwood, you mm-hmm. should read it. It's very good. I have it. Oh, it's so good. I love that one. It's not my favorite, but my favorite good. by her is the Oryx and Crake. It's like yes. the, tri- the trilogy, though, because but so I read good. Oryx and Crake when it came out. Yeah. And then ten years later, she wrote another book. Yeah. And then like I know years later, she wrote a third book. It was fucking great. Mm-hmm. Never ending. They just keep coming. Um, favorite childhood snack. Nutter Butters. Mm. That's a good one. I love it. I love that. I love it. That's so. awesome. I think that's all the questions right. I have. Do you have any more, yeah. Shay? We, we keep a very loose uh Yeah, we kind of thing. spontaneously ask them. Yeah. I was like, um, yeah. So, yeah, so I now I apparently need to be wrapping up because I hear children and dogs moaning outside the <laughs> office door. So Are they, are they hungry? They're probably, probably all hungry, yes. So... <laughs> So, um, so yes. So Kristen, where, if you want to be found, can our listeners find you besides, uh, behind the bar at the library? If there's anything you want to plug online, or if you want to go into the wilderness? Um, I don't really. Oh, Hey, I do sales for DBA, which is one of the bars I run and awesome. I charter a hundred year old sailing vessel called the Yacht Ventura. And we sail around the Statue of Liberty and we go swimming an hour after high tide. It's amazing. And it's all you can drink beer and bubbly. And I get to bring 25 Uh, people and I do four of them every summer. So if you are interested in going on one. When are they? That um, sounds very The next one is August 15th. It's almost full. And the one after that is September 2nd. And I have an email address that you can email if you're interested and it's dbanycsale at gmail.com yay go sailing i've seen the pictures of this and it looks amazing come on the next one take the day off do it maddie it sounds awesome if i were in new york we would be doing that yes so all right well thank you so much this was so great thank you so much Kristen. this was awesome um really appreciate you taking the time to come hang out with us yay yay thanks campers Thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yergi, Resident Youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield, and this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com, and you can visit us at campadulthood.com. Please also find on our website, there are links to our Patreon page where you can be a subscriber and there are many cool prizes. Thanks, campers. We hope that you enjoy your stay at camp. 
Uh, don't turn.